This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. take confidence Alex, just from the performance the overriding feeling is still the disappointment of playing that well and losing the game we were punished twice I think 90% of what we did on Saturday was of a very high standard and sometimes it's not what you do it's what you get away with as well but we were punished twice by Sheffield Wednesday the result ultimately is everything what we want to do is play like we did on Saturday and win the game I get the feeling that with everybody available Clough's side won't be too far away from creating something good that's if they can replicate the formation and style from Hillsborough on Saturday. The trouble is that that if is a very big one, as Clough's comments about the January transfer window leave a lot to be debated. True though that there's still a fair way to go before then, as tonight we'll reflect on an FA Cup exit, ponder potential progression in the Papa John's, that's far too many peas for my liking at this time of night, and keep half an eye on getting back to basics in the league as we welcome Colchester United to the One Court Stadium on Saturday afternoon. As always, this is the place for you to have your say on your team in the comments of the live feed. You know what to do by now. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. You know, they say in football, it's uh, it's difficult to not be disappointed sometimes. And having just seen the FA Cup draw, Sheffield Wednesday drawing Newcastle at home, it's hard not to be sitting here now thinking, what if we could actually defend a football? I'm sure we'll delve into that over the next uh, hour or so right here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Hello, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you're listening or watching this. Hope that you're doing all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Mansfield Matters podcast, where tonight we're going to be talking all things FA Cup, all things Papa John's Trophy and all things Skybet League 2. A little bit of everything thrown in for you over the next hour or so. As always, we want you guys to have your say on your team. So get involved in the comments right now uh, with whatever it is you want to talk about from a Mansfield Town perspective. Now, before I introduce tonight's guests, those who were watching the video version of this and uh, might be thinking, those that have got sort of eagle eyes, might be thinking something looks a little bit different 
in your setup, Craig? Well, yes, it does. I've moved the camera forward. I'm perched on a table. I've got my laptop on top of a printer. It's very, very precariously placed because it is true. The rumors are true. Mansfield Matters HQ is being taken down bit by bit and being moved somewhere else. So follow me on social media if you want to know what all that's about. So that does mean that half of my box that stuff is in boxes on where I'd usually have the camera. So I'm going to try and not move the camera too much tonight. But uh, yes, there you go. Right. Enough of my waffle. Let's introduce uh, other members of the Mansfield Matters uh, podcast panel. Uh, let's say hello. Good evening to Clive, the midwife parking. How are you? Good evening. Uh, good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Yes, I, I didn't actually deliver the child. I was simply a taxi. But <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I, I thought I might uh, be delayed at Kingsmill, but I've got away on time. Well, there you go. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you alongside us as well. Uh, one man who is uh, also joining us tonight is Mr. Alan Wilson. Hello and good evening to him. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Clive. Good evening, everybody. And that is not it. That is not all we've got. Let's talk all about... Um, Let's uh, head over to somewhere else in the country and complete a fantastic four. Is it going to be Nathan? Is it going to be Cam? Is it going to be Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame? It's Hollyoaks, man. Oh, that's rude. You are, that's you all right? very rude. Hang on. Uh, I think, hang on, hang on. Am I there? You're there. We can hear you. Can you hear, can you hear us? There you go. It's you I can hear somebody's television on. It's because you listen to too many things at, at once. Right, we're going to come back to you. Give me a nod in the chat when you're ready. We're going to come back to you later on. Uh, he's uh, doing uh, something else, so we'll ignore him uh, for now. And let's say hello uh, to uh, to Alan and Clive. Uh, Cam's, if you want to know what he's doing, it's the Women's FA Cup third <coughs> round draw. So he's doing his bit for his uh, uni uh, and what have you. So he's busy doing that at the minute. We'll come back to him uh, later when he gives us a nod. Um, I've taken him off screen for now because we don't need to look at him. Right, where shall we start? Let's start at Hillsborough on Saturday afternoon, Clive. And uh, do you know what? Let's, In fact, let's start with the cup draw. Uh, if only we could defend, eh? Uh, it's no point, no point crying over it. We, we gave a tremendously good account of ourselves at Hillsborough. I have absolutely no problem with the performance. The result was disappointing. And the goals were, you know, the sort of goals we have been shipping, unfortunately. But you could trace them back to Harbottle getting injured um, and then bringing their two star players on. So I, I have to say, I didn't expect us to win. My forecast was we were going to get beat quite comfortably. And as it turns out, we should have probably won that game. There's something about the FA Cup, Alan, isn't there, where Mansfield just raise their game, especially when it's up against the League One sides? They seem to, yeah. Obviously, I couldn't go, so I was listening uh, listening in, and uh, I was in the middle of Nottingham and shouting and roping when I realised that we'd scored the first goal. You know, really happy about that. And then uh, I was in Victoria Centre coming through, not far away from uh, the concert hall where we're going to the concert for later on and uh, realised that we'd gone 2-1 down. I'd just seen somebody who I knew from Mansfield, and he says, it's good news, isn't it, Alice? I says, not at the moment. I says, we've just gone 2-1 down. So, <laughs> you know, it was a bit uh, disappointing, but, yeah, very disappointing. For a minute, I, th I had visions of you, uh, you know, sat doing your Santa business and then just going, wait there, <laughs> little child, Santa just needs to check in on the Mansfield score. <laughs> no, not on Saturday. You, you, you missed a good game, game Alan. You missed a game. Yeah. You'd have been pleased to have been there. It was it was good yeah. 
played by Mansfield. The first half we dominated right the way through, and uh, arguably we ought to have been, you know, a couple of goals to good at the half time. But you know that's football. Uh, I'd rather lose that one two one than uh, next week at Stevenage. Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely. I think the league is is def of definite importance for us at the moment. Stag's chat in the comments says, "I uh, think we did really well. The fans were fantastic once they again." Were. Yeah, and it, it's it it always is, isn't it, Clive? You know, when we take a following like that, the noise is always uh, immense and. Uh, Despite the way we've we played at Harrogate, where I expected this to be a little bit of backlash for that, you know what, at, at the end, even though we'd conceded two goals in suspect manner, yeah, you can talk about their quality coming off the bench, but still, you know, we should be defending uh, better than, than what we did. You know, we all stayed at the end, gave them a, a rapturous round of applause. Even the, the subs who didn't get on got a nice little round of applause. <laughs> yeah, because we were held back for a while after the game. Which was quite right thing to do as well, but we there were a lot of us still in the stadium when the players and the subs came out for a, a cool a warm what do they call it a warm down cool down warm yeah. down yeah. yeah and they were running up and down the pitch and they were getting raptures of applause every time they came up to the Leppins Lane end stand. <laughs> but I I mean it was a privilege to be amongst the very nearly four thousand Mansfield fans there on Saturday. Um, it was uh, it was the sort of event we like and and the cup brings it out and I think. Uh, you know, we we uh, we didn't let the club didn't let the players didn't let that four thousand people down on the day. I just thought, you know, we had a, needed a little bit more look than we actually had, um, and perhaps a little bit more class um, uh, in, than we've got at the back. But if I if we'd have played like that the previous week, we'd have we'd have murdered uh, uh, Harrogate. You see, and that's where the debate starts, isn't it, Alan? That's the the frustrating thing because we switch to a back four, we play. All right, we get Riley Harbottle back in, which we'll talk about later on, um, to give us a little bit more youth and stability uh, back there. But we go to a back four, we seem a lot more settled and we seem a lot more fluid. The questions that marks are raised, you know, was Nigel Clough once bitten twice shy when it came to uh, his team selection at Sheffield Wednesday? Because on paper, it could well have been uh, a back uh, a back five, but uh, to to be fair to him, he went with the four. Yeah, when I saw when I saw the team, I was hoping it would be a four because I was just wondering why he hadn't played Page. But obviously, in the interview after that, now we know why because he'd got a bit of a knock and it wasn't going to risk him. But it, it looked a decent team to me, you know. And I was uh, pleased when we'd gone one in, one in. And I, I I was hoping, I was confident that my one-one score, you know, it was going to come to to fruition when they equalised. But obviously, they just got the winner, and that was it. Yeah, it, was... it looked like it was going your way at one time. Yeah, the very late goal destroyed it. But I, I tell you what, I mean, my man of the match was Lapsley on the day, but I think uh, Quinn had a good game. He, he played the whole game, didn't he, Craig? And yeah. uh, he he was up for it. Well, he never stopped. Denied, it. Didn't he? It, yeah, I, he got extra motivation, I think. But it, yeah. he was you no, know, he had a decent game, and he hasn't played that well lately, in my opinion. But he, uh, well, partly because he runs out of energy, but the, he, he, he stuck to his task. And he actually I, should have scored a couple of goals. Yeah, I, I also put that down to, you know, playing a more favourable midfield for him. I still think that there are certain players that don't play well in, in the system, which Clough has set up with a, a long time now. And I think one of those is Stephen Quinn. When there's a back four, he seems to have a little bit more fluidity and space in midfield, which is, I think, a, a real, real key driver for us, Alan, and it's something which I'd like to see a little bit more of, but uh, I do wonder whether 
we'll try and experiment with that again come Wednesday night at Everton or whether we'll revert to type. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, he'll, he'll see the fruition of what happened on Saturday and he'll uh, keep it going, hopefully. But obviously there'll be a, a few different players playing than there were Saturday. But it did say the whole uh, first team squad were going. So, you know, it might be mix and match, you know, change if need be. But uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Wednesday. I'm actually <laughs> being able to go away for a change. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Uh, let's yeah. go back to uh, Hillsborough, though, Clive, and uh, talk about the, the performance. As, as always, if you're watching the live feed, feel free to get involved and have your say on your team. Um, you know, we mentioned it, it briefly there, Lewis Page not being uh, available um, for, for Sheffield Wednesday after picking up a, a little bit of a, um, a knock in the Knox County game. Bit of a shame because um, it would have given us that, that extra little bit of left-sided balance and it might have freed up uh, Ollie Hawkins to, to go up top. But, as it were, I think we need to give another honourable um, mention and another hats off to Mr Mansfield Town. He's becoming Mr Flexibility, Mr Reliable, Mr Hewitt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he is more resistant to injury than the rest of the squad as well. But he, he does give us that degree of confidence down his side of the defence and uh, he's very quick to help out where there's problems um, to, to, to the side of him as well and of course when he does get the chance he can make really good progress down the flanks um, and I, I just think that doesn't make him the best wing back in the world of course it doesn't but it does give us that bit of versatility that a club like ours needs and playing with a four I think he's on his it, it suits him well. Well let's bring back uh... Cam, he seems to have done what he was doing. It's a good job I had him off camera because I had a horrible, only you could see this. I had a horrible shot of his arse crack down for a second when he was manoeuvring his chair. Thank goodness he was off uh, off the live stream. Cam, uh, oh. Sheffield, <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday. Disappointing result or expected? No, expected, obviously, because you think the form that they're in, the players that they've got, and did all of nearly all of us except Alan thought we were going to get beat and we always thought we was going to get hammered and it, it's what you expect when it's the FA Cup it, it depends on who turned up and we, we turned up and it's so bitterly disappointing that we played so well for 83 minutes and then threw it away in, in that fashion but it's just a credit to the players because you look at the players that Chef Wednesday had to bring on to be able to win that game, if not two of the best players in their division, if not Barry Bannon being the best in the division, probably one of the best players at championship level as well when he was when he was with Chef United in the championship. So we've got to be heartened by the fact that they literally had to bring out their best players to be able to get past us. And from what I was listening on the commentary, it just sounded like the players put 100% in. Nobody particularly wilted and nobody lost that lost that bit of energy until sort of like late on and then and then they just hit us. But that's that's the golfing class that you come up with. But like you lads were saying, yeah, if we if we'd have played like that last week against against Harrogate, then we, we'd have battered them. But Football's a funny old game and you can't win everything, but it's just so frustrating when we know we can play like that and we put performance in like Harrogate or Bradford or Swindon. Um, but frustration, inconsistency. 
It's the word. That's that's a new buzzword for man for us. Inconsistency, because that's all Mansfield Town is. I'd love to be able to ring the bell at that, but it's in a box somewhere. There you go. Uh, Alan, Alan, I think you know Cam made a, a valid point there, and I think it's it's interesting to sort of see which way it goes on this. Do we take heart from the fact that? It was a much improved performance and we can take a lot away from the Sheffield Wednesday game. Or do we take another mug load of frustration at the fact that in all of those games that Cam mentioned there, especially at Harrogate last week, we didn't do what we are clearly capable of? There's, there's times, Craig, when, I mean, even even if you think about, as doubt as it sounds, Mansell District Council and you're doing the bins, I'm doing my regular job. There's times when things go to plan and there's times when they don't. Now, FA Cup seems to be the good thing for Mansell Town, especially when you're playing a League One side or, you know, a team that's way above us. Because like uh, Cam said, they had to bring their big guns on to actually beat us in the end. And it sounds as though it was a really good performance. But I just, you know, it, it is frustrating because why can't they do that week in, week out? We know we had, they had players that are injured. Like I said before on the podcast, you know, I was, uh, I'll was i stick to my guns and say that, you know, once the players are back and we start getting some sort of fluidity, we will be a team to be reckoned with. And somebody will get, if not just one, two or three teams are going to get a good hiding. But I know what you're saying. It is frustrating because you saw firsthand how we can play. Is it a worry, though, Cam, that we have to rely on? three, four players to come in and to turn that switch. Riley Harbottle comes back in to the back four and straight away we seem a lot more solid and a lot more comfortable. Stephen McLaughlin comes back in on the left-hand side and we get a little bit of left-sided balance. Reese Oates comes on for 20 minutes and uh, you know is looking lively and when he's back available to start again, it'll be different. But we shouldn't be relying on three or four players to be <coughs> that way, should we? We should have it throughout the roots of the side, no matter what 11 we put out. And I think that is one of the frustrating things that I take away from Saturday. Yeah, it is. And I think it's a tough one for Clough because obviously he's got players that are playing genuinely really, really well. But we've also got injuries to contend with. And obviously it's not, it's nowhere near as bad as what it has been previously. You think back to the start of last season and the amount of players that we had missing through injury, suspension, whatever. So we're quite fortunate that you think about it. We've actually only got two players out injured that are part of the main squad. Lewis Page, we've not really seen anything of him. Yes, he's injured and uh, he'd play that county cup game, but he's been brought into bolster the squad. Uh, granted, it's only for a month just to see how things pan out or maybe it's just a stopgap because there might be someone available in, in January. But... We've got players playing out of position. We've got players that aren't clearly comfortable playing the way that we were, playing that five across the back. We just seem to be all over the place. And it's just frustrating because, yeah, we there's been a few teams where we're thinking, like, right, well, we're going to go out and get a result in, and we've not. But point proven, exactly, there's more than enough in our squad to, to be able to pull off a result. You're thinking, come, come forward to this weekend depending on who plays on on Wednesday night away at Everton, you're probably thinking Colchester are one of these sides that, that probably should be getting an absolute hiding because they're not on the best run of form. They're not the best team in the league. They're by far one of the worst. And you think 
this is I know people don't like this this statistic, but expected goals where the last I saw we were at the top somewhat like top three if not the top and it's just the amount of chances that we're creating to the amount that we should be scoring but how many of them are actually scoring hardly any because we're not putting teams to the sword we create all these chances and we just not finish them off you think back to Rochdale hammered them for most of the game only scored one goal couldn't get any more so it it's frustrating but swings and roundabouts it's no quick fix and Clough's got a difficult choice week in, week out to choose who's playing because you've got players that are playing well, but you've got players that are playing out of position. So where where do you sit on the fence? Did Harbottle play on the right-hand side? Of the sun, of, of the two, yeah, yeah he did, yeah. yeah he's, he's, comfort- he's most comfortable there. Yeah. You know, he's, he's said that before, so that makes a difference. I, thought I, don't, I don't a... think it's just coincidence. The first goal we conceded, he got injured. Mm. Yeah. Because he was off. Then and the second goal, he wasn't there, and he went through the same part of the the, the structure. And and then I think we've missed his agility alongside the lack of agility of people like Perch. And I think that our backline will only work if we can get some younger people alongside the old crocs. And uh, when we can, we, it, it works. And certainly, um, I share and see Paul. As I would go along with that, but of course you can't you can't change that overnight either. Mm. Um, age brings experience, so we should be able to mix the two together. In all, in all fairness, I just whittle on about it because it, it seems to surprise me just how many of these players in our squad are so brittle. I made I a chalk. They are, and it, it is a bit of a concern. It certainly is a concern. I just want to touch uh, more a little bit more upon um, Riley Harbottle, Clive, because. You know, he, he has been a breath of fresh air for us this season. He's dangerous from set pieces when we're on the attack. Yeah. He looks solid at the back. He brings us that little bit of youth, that little bit of energy that we need. And, uh, you know, if I was uh, if, if I was Simon Clough and the recruitment team, I'd be uh, knocking on the door or getting on FaceTime or Zoom or whatever they use to contact the chairman and say, can we have a check, please? He's got a yeah, four-year contract. Uh, not Forest. Yeah, but you can buy you can buy him. Don't ah, no. your contract. Yeah, don't mean no, you no. can't buy him, does it? I, I can't. Well, I mean, I could be wrong, but can you see him coming when you've still got four years of a Premier League club? Well, it depends whether he foresees himself breaking into the for, yeah. into the Premier League club. There'll be a Championship League next year, I think. But uh, they they've got a, about sixty players, haven't they? I mean, the lad's got less chance of shining there than he is by moving from there to another club. And that other club might as well be us, if the finances permit, and if the player wants to do it, and if Forrest is prepared to play ball. There's lots of interest in there. But I'd like to see him on our books. I think he's a he's a young player that's going to get better, and he's nothing to Yeah, he certainly is. I think he's certainly been a talent that's impressed me since he's coming, Cam. And I think he's another one that, we, that we're heavily reliant on. And it's just a shame that, like Clive says, he seems to be relatively brittle because he, he pulls up in the, the lead-up to the first goal. If he doesn't pull up, we don't concede it. And then we probably don't concede the second, to be fair. But it's now will be a question of how long is he going to be out for? Yeah, just... I don't know what to think about Harbottle because he, he went through an absolute stinker of a phase. You think back to, to Hartlepool away. Uh, Hartlepool at home, sorry. 
both goals were a result of, of his mistakes. He had a he had a shocker at at Crawley, then got injured, then got taken off. And but there's been other games where he's been fantastic. Uh, so uh, inconsistency. It's, <laughs> it's a running theme in our in our squad. But it, when he has performed, he's been fantastic because we've got players that need to complement each other. And I think we've we've with a lot of our players, we've been playing square pegs in in round holes for for much of the season. So I think finding a balance that that works is also, but also competitive is is the key thing. But with Harbottle being so young, it it, it, it's, it benefits us because. It, does he know? Has he got a set way of playing? Realistically, probably not. He's a bit more flexible. You think Perch and O'Toole, especially. You're thinking older type of players, been in the game a long time. They'll know the way that they like to play. So, yes, he's not our player, but why not take Harbottle and just mould him to the way that we're wanting and, and the sort of player that we're wanting him to be? Yeah, Go on, Alan. Sorry, Craig. I was just saying it's it's shades of Hewitt, isn't it? When he first came, Hewitt had a, quite a few stinkers and he couldn't, you know, do anything right and people were on his back. But he came good. And now, like Clive, Clive, uh, Clive, Clive has said before, you know, this season <laughs> is about the best player. You've not got your teeth in tonight, Alan. No. You, is, is that what you were trying to tell us earlier? Where, you know, you had a bad day at work and you dropped your teeth into some bins? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, my first name is a difficult one to get out, isn't it? I mean, come on. <laughs> Especially when you've got Craig, Clive and Cam. The three Cs. Yeah. Triple H, Triple C. That's it. Better than Triple H, though. Uh, right, let's move on. Uh, and I want to touch upon this comment from... Uh, Paul, because Nigel Clough has made an interesting comment today. Uh, Paul says, Clough has his favourites. That's why we will never do anything. And come January, I bet you now he won't bring anyone in. Now, I don't think for a second that uh, the performance at Sheffield Wednesday is enough to rocket us on to turn our form around. I think there's still a lot of answers that need to, to be had because it's clear that when we're missing those four or five names which you've mentioned, we're nowhere near good enough, we're nowhere near strong enough. And I'm in also agreement of the fact we've got too many old players within the squad. And one thing I want to see us do, if we're going to be serious, is to invest in January and look to bring players in, whether that be on loan to get us through to the end of the season or look to invest longer term as football clubs do. But Nigel Clough has said today, and I quote, I don't think the answers lay outside of the squad. I think they lay within. Well, for me, I don't know. I find that a little bit strange and frustrating, Cam, because I do believe the answers lay outside the squad in making one or two additions in key areas to give us that extra little bit of comfort, fluidity, youth, pace, experience that we so clearly, clearly need. Because one performance which was probably, you know, a 7 out of 10 at Sheffield Wednesday, ain't going to get us to a top three position. We're not nowhere near as where we were last season. No, we're not. And 
obviously missing players like Stephen McLaughlin, Reese Oates is a big miss, but we've got enough quality in this squad and we've proved this season in, in other games that we've got the quality to, to win games. And it's just frustrating that compared to previous seasons where the big games we'd, we'd actually turn up, the big games that we've played so far this season, all but most of Saturday and then maybe the Derby game, back in in the Carabao other than that we've not we've not turned up when when we played Bradford we're not turned up when we played Swindon and we yeah we we just feel, we're just so f- it's ridiculous to think we're so much further ahead than we were last season but you'd feel like in the squad quality wise we, we're nowhere near and I don't know whether that's because the league's got stronger or just that we've just not not got worse, but plateaued. We've not carried on improving. Like talking to to Jason Harrison after the game at Wembley, I was saying we don't need a whole squad change. As I know, I want to cry about it as well. But I was saying we don't need a whole squad of new players. We just need to improve on what we've got, and we've not we've not brought anybody. That's you've got Boateng that's come in. You've got Harbottle that's come in. You've got Swan that's come in. But three Pim. players isn't enough, and Pim, yeah, and so four players isn't enough oh, to think yep. right. Well, <laughs> you get my point. Like we, yeah, we've, we not, we've not, we've not strength. Yeah, where where we've needed to strengthen, we've where we've strengthened is not where we've Page. needed the players. No, you're right. Cameron. Doesn't I mean, count. I think well, the reason we we shipped a bad result against Bradford and other clubs is that they recognise where our weakness lies. When we are playing our, our back, the back line that we have had to play, it's patently obvious to any scout that it's too slow. And so pump the ball into the areas where they, they won't catch the, the faster players and we're in trouble. And we've seen that happen so many times now. We got, uh, we got well beaten by Swindon because they were much more fluid and, and, and pacey. And uh, Bradford just did enough, in my opinion, by recognising our weakness to take the game off us. But I think, I don't think we're as bad as we can sometimes say. I think we just haven't had enough of the right players available, and it's as simple as that. I think what uh, Cam was saying, and I agree to some respect, is the fact that we haven't added, in terms of numerical players... (laughs) We've, we've just replaced like for like almost. We've just filled slots. And I don't think that's the way to be progressive as a club. I mean, you know, people might turn around and say, well, this particular club haven't gone anywhere either. But Salford, prime example, you know, they recognise where they need to add. And they're not just replacing when one goes out, they're bringing one in. They're bringing players in to build a squad to try and push on. And I firmly believe that if they'd have stuck with Gary Bowie in the summer, they'd have probably been a lot higher up in the table than where they are now. And they probably would have done it this year and they would have had consistency from the top. We've done the opposite. We've got consistency in the back room from the top. But what we've not got is we've not got that constant airflow coming through to support the players. We've just It's almost like we've gone with a set number of 18, 19 and come hell or high water, that will do. And I don't think that's the way to get out of this division. All right, people could turn around and say, well, you know, if we if Oates had not got injured, if McLaughlin had not got injured, you are going to encounter injuries at some point in the season. And knowing our luck, 
as they have done, they all come at the right time. And we are never prepared, in my opinion, for those eventualities. It's always make, do and mend rather than make, do and build. And I just think come January, Alan, for me, I want to see that little bit of belief, that investment. I get why it's not there because football's a business and, and with everything that's happened over the last couple of years, you can't always be like that. But I just think that extra, Adam Murray used to say, those extra one, two percents make a hell of a difference come the end of the season with the longevity of things. I can agree to a certain point, but I think when you take outside to the equation, where apart from Swan, who is not the finished article yet, mind you, neither is Oates to that respect, but I mean, is a better prospect than in, you know, in the goal scoring uh, stakes when he's on form, when he's on fire, than probably what uh, Swan is. Or we've had Aikens up there. We've never, when we've had McLaughlin out, we've had to have people who don't play in that position taking his position. And I think that's part of the problem. It's same as what you said, you know, you've got to have at least a good, another good understudy to take over when the other one drops out. It's like actors, isn't it? They have an understudy, Mm. but you've got to have somebody who can do the job. And I think that's that's where we've, you know, come up against uh, problems because we haven't had the right people in the right places. Sorry, Alan, this is about recruitment again, isn't it? We, we, in the yeah. summer, we identified we got some uh, weaknesses at the back line. We knew we were a split light on the strike force. And what did we do? We shipped a load of midfield players. And it seems to be that if they're good enough, they can play anywhere. Well, <laughs> occasionally they do. But generally speaking, you don't put square pegs in round holes. And I, and I have to say that if he wants to run a squad size the size he's got, and I believe it's too too short, I think we should have more players available, um, then they've all got to be fit. They've all got to be uh, available to him, especially the amount of dependency that our game plan has on probably only two key individual positions. Take them out through illness, injury, suspension, whatever, loss of form. We haven't got your understudy ready, and that's the point I'm making. Yeah. And we haven't got, any, uh, at this point, any product from our youth development to bring through. And so you don't even do tight a ship. And then throw into that mix that three or four of the players are reaching towards the end of their workable careers. And then some of the acquisitions have yet to prove themselves, if ever they will. I I don't find it at all surprising that we're hitting and missing. Let's answer Nigel Clough's uh, question then, or turn Nigel Clough's quote into a question. He said, I don't think the answers lay outside of the, of the squad. I think they lay within... So I'm going to ask you all the same question. Where do the answers lie in terms of January progressing this team, this club up to the next level of League One football? Do they lay outside of the squad or do they lay within the squad, which we've got at this current moment, at this current time, the 28th of November, 2022, five past eight in the evening. Cam first. Genuinely don't know. Uh, Great insight, guys. I, I don't know. <laughs> I knew he brought so you many... on for a reason. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know. There's so much I'd want to change, but list it. I'd, I'd probably say you need new striker, 
maybe probably two strikers to be honest. If I if sod it, we're going we're going with two strikers, and you're probably thinking maybe a bit more of an attacking minded midfielder because obviously Lapsley can't do it on his own. Maris is brilliant, but we're playing him far too defensive. But that just seems to where the rest of the team works well. New left back, new centre back, new centre back, new right back. So you want so, so Cam essentially wants a new eleven. Alan, inside or outside uh, of, the squ- of, the, of the squad, where do the answers lie? I think inside, when we've got the chance to get rid of the injuries and players start playing and performing as they do, but there's nothing to stop them if available. A couple of new additions, if he so, can. Outside, then. so at, so so to, to clarify that, Alan's answers lie by sitting on the fence. Clive, what about no, you? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not sitting on any fence because I'll get splinters in my backside. I think it stops on the inside. I think we're good enough. We've got a good enough squad to get where we need to be for this season. But all I'm saying is it's the same as anything else. If there's a chance of a player that comes available, why not take it? Clive. Outside. I think we need, at the very least, a good, competent defender and an out-and-out striker. I mean, I have to, I'm going to answer my own question. I, I agree. I think the answers personally do lie on the outside. Um, it, it's clear to me that I don't think James Perch is going to get past this season. Um, John Joe O'Toole looks to be continually struggling with not playing regular football. And I think at some point he's going to get annoyed and that will become a problem uh, for the dressing room. Um, McLaughlin clearly uh, has got some injury worries which need to be closely monitored. And, you know, Lewis Page, who we brought in, is a great addition on paper, but also comes with a, a history of, of injuries. And uh, so we need to sort of certainly address that area. Stephen Quinn's another one who will... Uh, you know, likely not see past the end of this season. Lucas Aikens is coming to the end of his career. Um, it's uh, another uh, another thing with, with that. Jordan Barry's coming to the end as well. I think we've got too many players who fall into that older age bracket that we're going to have to replace. So for me, I think the answers lie on the outside. Mark in the comments mentions uh, Danny Johnson. Don't even bother. He's not going to put on a Mansfield shirt again. He'll be another one of those players, a little bit like Andy Cook and Leanne Gall and inevitably oh. Danny Rose in a couple of couple of weeks as well. When um, you know when we eventually sell him, he plays against us and he'll score every time. Alan, I'm going to say, can we get money for Johnson? Yes. Oh, yeah. So he's so Johnson's loan is up in January rather than it being a season long loan. Uh, yeah. So therefore, in January he will become. A Mansfield player again who will be transfer listed uh, and yeah. if he's to join another club in that window, then someone will have to pay for his services. The right. danger we will have is whether a club looks at it and goes, well, he's out of contract in the summer, so we'll uh, offer him a, a pre-contract agreement now, let him yeah. sit in the reserves and keep himself ticking over and we'll take him for nothing. That's the danger yeah. we've got, especially given his... His, his goal to game ratio and his, his current form. My inkling would be, given the form that he's in, that clubs won't want to gamble on him not playing football again for six months and uh, will eventually, will, will inevitably pay the money. But uh, mm. uh, he won't be in a Mansfield shirt again. I think, no. I think in reality, he's worth more now than he was at the start of the season when we've, when we've entered into the agreement with Warsaw because he's banged some goals in. He's mm. going to be worth more to them now he's proved himself to them and other players, other 
the clubs have, have seen what he's done. There's a shortage of good quality out and out strikers out there. We, we're probably the only club that's not interested in him. So I think he'll, he'll, he'll command a reasonable fee. And uh, whether that money to invest in new players or not, I don't know. The, tr the trouble is, I mean, I feel sorry for our recruitment team because there can't be that many more players at Burton Albion available. Says it every week. Um, Paul, I never get Paul, tired of it. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Paul in the comments says, does David Sharp help or hinder with the transfers? It's an interesting one because when he initially came in, he was his role was more football-based. Um, his role now as CEO is is more overarching club-based. Um, but what he does on a day-to-day, -day, we're not sure. I know he does sort of uh, help with the, uh, the transfer side of things in terms of getting deals over the line. Um, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that question until we sort of get a fly on the wall documentary. So, uh, so there you go. Right, let's uh, turn our attention elsewhere. Um, Popola Luigi's Cup on Wednesday night. Cam, a trip to uh, Everton, Goodison Park. Really looking forward to it. Of course, the ironic thing would have been if we'd have got through in the FA Cup um, on, on Saturday and then we'd have drawn Everton away. Uh, we could still get a trip there next season, but it's highly, you know, it, the the numerical factors on it, um, the possibility percentages and all that, not that high. But um, Wednesday night, trip to Goodison Park, Everton under-21s. Nigel Clough says that they're one of the best um, academies sides that are in the country at the moment. It'll be a very, very good test on a very, very big pitch. Should be a good evening, but a big opportunity for the players who haven't played to uh, to show what they can do, especially Mr. O'Toole and Mr. Perch. I think so. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it comes under the uh, heading of the under-21s again, doesn't it? And, you know, how speedy are they on the flanks and, you know, in between. But we've got to counteract that. If I mean, like uh, Swindon did, they've only got to watch the previous game. I mean, Chef Wednesday, they might have a different, but if they watch Swindon games and Bradford, they'll get an idea that they've obviously had scouts there, so they'll know where to uh, counteract our defence, but we've got to stop people doing that. You know, we've got people like Hartigan, who's going to be playing. Oates will be playing. You know, so it's not all doom and gloom. It's an interesting one, Cam, because... From a mentality point of view, we don't want to go there and lose because that would then make it three successive defeats. Yeah, it would. And winning breeds confidence, and it's a Mansfield side that, that lives on confidence. You look the last few games that we have played and we've just looked flat. Um, I didn't go to Harrogate because I'd got, I'd got all the plans, but my dad was messaging me. He was just saying, it's just a bit boring. It's boring, nothing really happening, nobody really creating anything. And that's the frustrating thing because we've got so many players that, that can create something. You look at Hartigan, um, Maris, Lapsley, Oates, obviously Oates injured, but still still able to create something when, when they are playing. And the frustrating thing is, like we were saying before, we, we've, we've got the quality in the squad, but when you've lost that many on the bounce, you're thinking, oh, it's... It, so you're thinking, right? Oh, we've gone back to the same old Mansfield as the the start of last season, and and just can't can't buy a win. But we know that we are able to win games, and we are able to put in good performances, and we just need to go out there and do it. And and what's the harm in playing a full strength squad against Everton on 
on on Wednesday night and just trying something new, try a different formation, try a different style of play because it's not like we're playing on a really bobbly pitch or or whatever. We're playing on going to be one of the best pitches we've probably ever played on. So we we could try playing fast, fluid football if we wanted to. We could play hoofball. We could do whatever. Now's the time to to change what we've been doing. Try something different. If it doesn't work, then then at least you've tried it. But we can't keep playing the same football that we have been doing. It's a difficult quandary for Nigel Clough on Wednesday night, Clive, because you know he's already basically named the side. It's those who didn't play on or didn't start. Sorry, on Saturday, which was of course nine players being the FA Cup uh, rulings. So then he'll only have to put you know keep two in from from what it was. Those nine players, having been on the bench, will qualify for the whole X amount of players that featured in your last squad sort of thing as well. So that will coincide with the rules. Do you play players to get the minutes in the tank, which is, of course, what this competition is essentially designed for, um, for, for some clubs? Or do you, like Cam says, mix it up a little bit to a degree, but try and go with the strongest 11 as possible to try and find some consistency, some sort of form, especially considering how well we played at the in the first probably 70 minutes at Hillsborough on Saturday with that back four, fluid midfield and fluid forward line. Yes, absolutely. Um, at our level, playing against uh, Premiership Academy side, the only thing we can do is to use it as a building exercise and others reinforcing what we're already doing. And we had a d- decent game on at Hillsborough. Let's do a bit let's push that further let's involve a few of the players that didn't manage to get pitch time I can't see any um, sense at all in trying to be over flamboyant or adopt a different strategy because I can't see what that does for us the following week what I do like about this competition you know I'm not a big fan of it but when we've played the academy sides I'm thinking of uh, Manchester City and Garland their lads come to play football they don't come to clog they don't come to time waste they come to play football their coaches are there watching their every and they know that the only way they're going to make progress in their careers is by playing football and other things come game later on and it's refreshing to see and it's almost as refreshing as seeing the south korean fans picking their own litter up at uh, the world cup i just think we we just need to use this as an added game to bring our team back together and uh, and let's see whether a team which is a bit of a hybrid can play as well as it, we, we think it can. I personally think it'll be a good game. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we won it. Well, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll get predictions uh, later on. Um, I think it is a, it's going to be an interesting night. If you were in Nigel Clough's shoes, Alan, what would you be doing? Would you be naming the nine that didn't start on Saturday, plus two more to make an 11? Or would you be looking at the entirety of your squad, taking out of your mind the consideration of those who need minutes and trying to build some consistency? Minutes versus consistency. Minutes. Interesting. Why? Personally, minutes. I just think they'll need them because it's a long season, Craig. And the more minutes they get in the tank... You know, they can only gain confidence because we know we've said it times many on this podcast and, and even tonight. We know they've got it. We know they've got the ability. 
They don't come, like somebody said in the comments, Martin Barker, they don't come bad players overnight. They just mm. need confidence and a bit of a run in the team. And if I'd, I'm not so sure of Perch because it's, it's just too slow, in my opinion. But O'Toole, I think he needs game time. Perch maybe put him right back and not so much in the defence. I know if you go Pacey Winger, but you, you can counteract that with people in front of him, if yeah. that makes sense. So it's just, in, in my opinion, it to be minutes and get to like he played Macca before. You know, and drop Macker in. Obviously, he can't this time, but put somebody in the top who has been playing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even Mark... Hawk, sorry, even Hawkins up front. Yeah, well, I think uh, there's more. There's more chance of uh, Adam Collin playing uh, central midfield than Hawkins playing up front on Tuesday on Wednesday night. But you never know, you lot. <laughs> uh, Martin comments says, just a question. How can people say O'Toole is no good anymore? This time last year, we were competing with other clubs for his contract. Do you guys think he's got the contract and not bothered anymore? I, for one, was a big fan of him. Do you think he needs the skinhead bold look again? <laughs> Simple bit to that last bit. Yes, because O'Toole yeah. looking thug-like scared the SH1T out of everyone <laughs> going and just added to the O'Toole character which we needed um on the other point cam in terms of him getting his contract and thinking he's not bothered anymore i couldn't think there's there's nothing further from the truth i've watched his body language you know in warm downs after a game when he's been running up and down as a sub he looks so annoyed not to be playing i just think with this season the critics which have come his way and i've said it before and i'll say it until i'm blue in the face come because he's he's we, we forget this as well. He's not a natural centre-half like many of the other players that we put in that position. And he's gone from playing in the, the back four as part of a period to a three, which is a completely different kettle of fish, a completely different ball game. And therefore, he's having to learn a new skill, a new trade, and getting, ex getting exposed a little bit. I don't think it's got anything to do with him not being bothered. I think it's all down, like all of our problems this season, to square pegs round holes and stubbornness from the manager. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely the, the latter two because we know he's he's a quality player and, we, and we've we've seen it ever since he's been here and it's it is so frustrating because he's such a good player but he's just not either he's not something's not right whether he's done something in training he's. His, his attitude's not right or or whether it's just Clough being ridiculously stubborn and not changing things. Uh, you look how long it took him to, to drop Aikens. I, I think it's probably just down to being stubborn, but it is frustrating. But no, he's not a, a centre-back. <laughs> he's not a centre-off. He, he never has been. He, he's always played that defensive midfield role that, that just sits in front of the back four. And we've seen it last season. He played really well there. But when when we've had players out injured or suspended or whatever, he's had to fill in and, and he's done a job there, but he's always been more comfortable playing in front of that. And we've looked more solid when he has uh, because it, do, it he plays as if he's a centre-back, but it gives us that, not box-to-box -box midfielder, obviously. He's not got the legs for that, but it, he's still in the right places to just like relieve the pressure on the defence. So getting back in his natural position, he'd, he'd probably be performing a lot better and, and maybe even getting in the side. But 
we need extra bodies in in to do that because if we go into a game thinking right, O'Toole can only play in the centre mid in a defensive centre mid, he can only play in the midfield. Then we're actually a centre back short, which is something we've been saying all season. Yes, we brought Harbottle in, but you think we let Rawson go? And well, no, we let a traffic cone go. But, Get you get my point. We've not, like we were saying before, we've not progressed. We've just filled gaps, and it's not. We've not brought in players to complement the side. We've brought in players because we've had to bring players in, which is yeah. is we've carried no momentum from la- the end of last season. Yes, we had a stinker in the playoff final, but look how we performed in the two games in the playoffs, and we've just lost every single bit of momentum that we'd had. And we put again, put again. We put together a really good run, and then we just go and blow it because we've not got the depth. We've got a strong squad, don't get me wrong, but we've not got the depth that we need. You look, we've, we're missing results. Goals have dried up. It, 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 it's frustrating because it just yeah, it seems that we're just going after Burton's B team essentially, On and we're not. Room. On the issue of O'Toole, uh, Alan, um, are you shaving his head? Is it a back three that's doing it? Is it a contract <laughs> that is not bothered? Or is it, like Clough mentioned in his press a couple of weeks ago now, a stubbed toe which is taking longer to heal, heal than anything else? I just think he needs game time. Whether he shaves his head or not, I'd prefer him to shave his head because he's sent to be a better player, he's sent to be more, you know, O'Toole if that makes sense. But can can we go uh, just to a point what Cam made earlier on about, uh, you know, the goals have dried up. How long ago is it? It's only a few weeks since we were the top goal scorers in the league, weren't it? Really? I'm sure it was. That, I'm sure I mean, we, we were, were up there, but we were never the top. But oh, right. like If, we're if up that's there, the then. case, then Skybet League 2 must have had so many 1-0 wins this season. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We are <laughs> not a scoring team. We are. I mean, I was I was saving this rant for another podcast in a world, but we are woeful <laughs> in attack. We are nowhere near good enough um, in in attack. We don't score en- enough goals, and we we stumble our way through games. Should have been one out of sight. Eighteen one shots. Thing on that I do remember one goal. Is when I first came on here, you always said if you're playing a back three, it all depends who those back three are. You was on about perch, weren't you? And who he'd got at the side of him when it, you know, before it slowed down mm-hmm. a little and probably had the injury. I mean, we don't know what the injury did to him, yeah. to be fair to him. But, you know, you always said it all depends who's playing. And it's always come to fruition. It's true. If you get the right players in that position, when we had Triple H, we had, you know, we had a decent run together, didn't we? And then one, one or two got injured and we had to revert back to something else. But I just yeah. think, you know, keep with it. It's an interesting one. Um, Clive, are you going to shave his head? Are you are you going to be the one to to meet him after after a game and get him in a headlock and pull the shearers out? Or well, it shouldn't make any difference. But you know, when we used to play against him, when he was on the teams like Northampton, he had long hair and was a real thug. And then when he came here, where there's no hair, he was a bit of a thug. And now he's got a bank just haircut. He's stopped being a thug. I want him to be a thug because we're short of thugs. Um, I want him to be an True. intelligent thug, otherwise he's always going to be uh, always going to be uh, suspended. But uh, I think he's a good enough player for us. I really do. And again, it's about that mix at the back. You need a bit of youthfulness alongside him. Um, 
done to Perch, actually, I mean, there's more wrong with Perch than just a lack of pace. Yeah. Some of his decision-making in recent games has been poor. He's been I caught do, in possession in dangerous areas when he needn't have been. I do wonder... And that's not to, the I'd Perch love, we knew. No, I do wonder. I'd love to get a, a medical expert on, on the panel perhaps one week to talk about injuries more in depth because we don't, you know, we as fans sort that's of see it. injuries and we don't properly understand the healing process and things like that so you know we could be talking about O'Toole not getting game time and the stub toe may well be affecting him more than, than what we know it, it could be causing him some considerable discomfort but I think with an injury like Purchase it's so complex similar with Oates as well but an injury like Purchase it's not just the impacts it has physically it's the impact it has mentally on your decision making yeah. and you know we don't quite know how that's affected him longer term with things like decision making and things like that so it would actually be quite good and interesting to get a medical expert on at uh, one time but we can't do that that right now because we've got uh, three and a half minutes left uh, so it's time to uh well i, I would martin's just said craig let's let's put it to him get his get his head shaved um i i'm not personally going to tell him because i'm not that quick anymore um <laughs> But you feel free. Um, but we know we'll all chuck some money towards we'll charity. Or I don't know. I'm jealous. I wish I could go, me. I tell you what. He sh- <laughs> tell you what. How about O'Toole shaves it off, keeps it. We send it off to a wig makers, and we give Alan O'Toole's hair. Perfect. Yeah. Everyone's problem solved. It's sorted. Yeah, right. Let's, let's turn our attentions to podcast predictions. Uh, two lots today because I don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze um, one in before uh, Saturday's game at Colchester or not. So, first and foremost, let's go with uh, Everton on Wednesday night. And a reminder that if you say draw, you must predict the outcome of a penalty shootout as well. Um, Alan, as the leader of the table, um, I'm still there. That does surprise just, me. Just about. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen the updated table though after no. uh, from Saturday yet. So as the last leader of the table that I know of, yeah. um, you are first. Everton under 21s, Goodison Park. Prediction time, please. Mansfield to win 2-1, 39th minute. Okay. Uh, Cam, I'm going to come to you next. Who won Stag's win? 53rd minute. Ooh, 53. Ooh. Okay. Clive, you're, on, you're up next. Two all draw, Mansfield win penalties. First oh, goal. No. Don't want penalties. No. How many minutes, Clive? 3 0, 30. Oh, 30. There we go. Uh, I am also going to go for a draw. I think it will be a. I'm going to go with Clive as well. I'm going to go two-all draw. Um, and I think that it will be Everton who win on penalties. And I Ooh. think the first goal will be uh, in the sixth minute. Six. Ooh. On its own, there number six. Uh, Nathan will give his predictions uh, in the group chat. He's obviously not with us um, tonight. Uh, let's move on to Colchester United. So let's go in uh, reverse order. I'll go first. I think that the Stags will win. Uh, I think they'll find their scoring boots. And I think they'll win... 3-0 and the first goal will come in the uh, 14th minute um, Cam you're next um, oh, you know what I know how dire Colchester are so I'm thinking 4-0 win Stags 
confident, but <laughs> I've seen one of their games. They're <laughs> pretty bad. Um, at 12th minute. Uh, Clive. 5-1. Manchester will win. Where are these goals coming from? We've, got, we've come from not scoring to scoring probably the same amount that we've had all season. Oh, so get a hat trick. Uh, Alan. 2 0, Mansell win 19th minute. There we go. Uh, and again, we'll get Nathan's in the week. We'll post that later in the week for you as well. That's pretty much all we've got time for uh, tonight. But before we go, uh, don't forget that the Stags are on the road again after. Wednesday night's trip to Everton in December. They're off to see a few old faces, including, all right, it's Steve, I'm in Whitrose. Uh, and of course, Mr. Rose. And if you want to travel with the Stag Support Association, the coach on the day will leave at... Uh, and Mr. Reed. Half ten, I think. Uh, £15 for Amber and junior members, £20 for blue members, uh, £25 for a non-member. And the number to text slash call is... 07967-689-597. And if you're travelling with us to Everton on Wednesday night, you'll have all of us four on the same coach. Coach to be avoided. Well, it probably is. Well, that would be the fun bus because Alan will get his balls out for you to fondle Clive and me and Cam might put together some form of quiz. So there you go. I'm going to offer Alan my digital balls if he wants to use them. Is it easy to work, Clive? My, it's me, dead easy. Technology aren't very good. We'll, we'll, we'll help you. It's dead easy. And right, I think uh, go. all you've got to do is bring some bingo tickets and some pens. Right. Okay. So I think well, there's two coaches going, Craig, isn't there, from SSA? Forever to, yeah, I think there is. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. So and make sure you get well. Yes, yes. So get on Ask the Entertainment and uh, enjoy yourself. Right. That's all we've got time for tonight, as always. Uh, thanks very much for getting involved. Uh, podcast predictions link is in the description. One hour, one minute before you know all the crap by now. I'll say it again in a minute when I press play on this video anyway, so I don't know why I'm saying it now. Uh, one thing is for sure, though, if Nigel Clough was out walking his dog tonight and we was listening to the podcast or whenever he's listening to this, um, which, of course, I've got my suspicions that he does, and we're talking about defenders and square pegs, round holes and investing in January and things like that. He'll be having a little chuckle to himself because he's thinking, I've got a trump card up my sleeve. It's Ollie Clark at centre-back. Ponder on that one and we'll see you next time. So there you have it. There's the full-time whistle on another Mansfield podcast tonight. Thanks, as always, to you for watching and listening at home. And, of course, to the Mansfield Matters panel. We'll hopefully try and squeeze one in, but it will be a pre-recorded one, before Colchester at home on Saturday. But if we don't, don't worry. We'll catch up later on in the week as we reflect on the Papa John's Trophy, a league game against Colchester and much, much more in between with the countdown to Christmas well and truly on. As always, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description. You must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff prior to each game and we'll put the ones for Colchester on on Thursday. Make sure you keep an eye on our social media pages to know when that one is open. Right, that's it. I'm off try and find something to watch now I'm a celebrity's finished Can tells me that Hollyoaks is quite good to catch upon I think I'd rather watch Chesterfield good night
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.